Truth. How do we discover it? How do we understand it? And how do we apply it? These foundational questions of life can be answered in the pages of God's Word, the Bible. Through the systematic study of Scripture, we seek to equip women with a growing understanding of truth, which only comes by knowing the God of all truth. This is the Theology Matters Podcast. Welcome to the Theology Matters Podcast. I am Laura Corumbus, and I'm here with Bethany Drum and Wendy Blackwell, and we are glad to be back to talk about ecclesiology, which is the doctrine of the church, which I, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, so my first question for you ladies is, what is your favorite thing about being a part of a church? You're looking at me. I go first today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, the favorite part is corporate worship. Um, I, I just, I think in studying theology, and we've said this and we've heard women say it, just that time has become so much richer when you hear the truths all through the hymns we sing. And, and that has just been, and I love doing that with the whole body together on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening and, and having that time of worship. So that's mine. You stole my answer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the benefit of no, going first. I know that is. No, I was thinking the same thing, and especially just how powerful it is when we sing those doctrines. I was thinking about the songs that we sing that actually say, like, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, you know, those specific songs and how, even though I'm connected, you know, to, to people in our church and the body of Christ during the week, there's something about kind of like going our own ways and being in the world and the craziness and then coming back on Sunday and hearing all those voices just declare those truths together. It just is so powerful and it makes you feel like, okay, I'm not I'm not alone in this world. I have my family here and um, we're proclaiming truth together and it's so powerful. So, Bethany? Well, this is probably the hardest question for me to answer because it's just too many things. It's kind of like I when I ask you guys to pick your favorite hymn and you're like, no, yeah, no. I can't pick one. <laughs> so, you know, I thought of same, the same thing you did. I thought of corporate worship. I thought of um, expositional teaching, that teaching on Sunday morning, um, you know, prayer. Um, and I think the... Uh, maybe for lack of a better, intergenerational fellowship, you know, of the whole church. Um, yeah, I love that. But um, I actually, when you, when I read this question, I actually thought, though, of I have a granddaughter who's one now, and I thought of her actually her first birthday party because we were there and my son-in-law, Morgan, spoke to, we were surrounded by the church and different, you know, mentors and peers and little ones. And, you know, he spoke and thanked them. And I looked at that picture and thought, this sweet little girl, this is what she's going to grow up surrounded by, this body of believers. And... It's such a gift that God has given us. So as you can see, I'm passionate about the church. So I'll just stop there and let 
let Wendy teach us some doctrine. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that more things will come up as we as we chat, but we we definitely love specifically our church and just yeah, God's people. So uh, writing questions for this episode was really easy because when Wendy was teaching this class, she answered these three big questions. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to ask you those questions. So here are the questions on the church. What is the church? What is her mission? And what is her purpose? All right. But you two cannot just now sit quietly. No, you no. still have to no. join. You can throw questions at us. And <laughs> if we don't answer back. them well, then Caleb will cut the answers out. It'll oh, be great. There you go. The joys of podcast world. <laughs> um, so just let's set the stage a little bit. And and as I'm probably going to guess by now, we are in season three that you're figuring out I'm a numbers girl. And so often I will just bring in to, to lay the foundation. But but the truth is that really the attendance at churches has been declining and, and those that kind of mark those things. And it's really easy to go, well, no, duh, we're finishing three years of a pandemic. And, and so that's a natural outflow. But they were actually declining prior to that. And what we haven't seen is them like fully rebound as, as people have reemerged. And, but beyond just the numbers part of it, I found very interesting in this is how the churches are responding. And they're not sticking to the truth of what the church is, their question that they say is, how do we change and stay relevant for a new wave of worshipers? And the so, church was saying that 20 years ago. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we are so focused on being relative, but then I, to me, the follow-on question is, what are they worshiping? And um, the, when we are worshiping the one true God, that doesn't change. And so we don't have to stay relevant. We just have to do what we're asked to do as the church. And, um, and Jeffrey Johnson wrote a book called The Church, and, and he says that oftentimes um, the church has now shifted to being an assembly of saints who worship God in spirit and in truth. To a, It's moved from that to a social gathering of nominal Christians who hear weekly motivational speeches about how to stay positive and do what's right so that they can have their best life now. And we've moved from teaching truth to motivational speeches. And um, my husband often says he feels like we live in a time where there's this the winnowing of the church, and, and the church is really standing on the truth of what it is, and those that who stand with that are still in, and you're seeing people start to become disassociated or fall away from it. Um, and that's a process that's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, so you asked me three questions. What is the church? What is her purpose? I got to get them in the right order, right? What is her, <laughs> her mission, mission and, her and then her purpose? So, so what is the church? Um, I will go to scripture to, to say what the church is. And, and the place we go is to Acts 2, um, Pentecost, and, and then Peter's preaching at Pentecost. And, and what we saw as he said, you know, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And that was kind of the, the coming in. But what I think is, is more evident is what we see in verse 42 of chapter 2 and, and how they responded. And it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And that's what, and so you see the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers is what were predominant in the early church. And it's what still should be predominant in our churches today. And so who is the church? She's, she's the people that come together that have repented and been baptized 
and, and believed in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and been unified in that um, to participate. And so I know you can't really see, but I know if I say these words, a lot of you are going to relate. When we were younger, and we've done it with our kids, and probably people have done it, where you say, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and here's all the people. But I think I, that might need some correcting, because we could say, here is a building, and it has a steeple, but the church is really all of these people. The church is not the building um, with the steeple. It is the people inside the building with the steeple. And it's all those people that come together. And so we see that um, formed in Acts 2. And then we still live in what is commonly known as the church age. And so we see that church continue from there and will continue until Christ has beautified his bride and has made her ready for that marriage supper. Um, that will be joined with him in heaven forever. We keep landing on forever, which I know is eschatology, <laughs> and you'll get there, but it's hard not to go there. Um, any thoughts? I'll, I'll keep going, but... <laughs> no, I was just thinking about how it's, you know, it's more than even just our church, Emmanuel Bible Church. It mm-hmm. is all believers united yeah, it's together. Both. It's the yes, local church yeah. and the universal church mm-hmm. yeah so. are we jumping we're going there that's okay <laughs> you're just planting the seed so when you come back people will go yeah that's what they were talking about yeah it's all good um so just i think this is a, a good way to say it too martin lloyd jones says the church is a gathering of people who have been chosen by god redeemed by the shed blood of christ and regenerated by the spirit when given the faith to believe and so if you we talk i mentioned in a previous episode you know tulip if you go into those five points we've we've talked about the t part but this kind of really gets into that um, election atonement and grace and i know whenever you say the word election people go whoa and they kind of back off a little bit um but it but it is good when you just go to Ephesians 1, and it, and it tells us that they were chosen before the foundation of the world. So that's, I, I think, what Scripture says. But, um, but we get into that, and R.C. Sproul says that is sovereign election. That's God's choosing, and that it's definite redemption, those who are redeemed by the blood of Christ, and that it is effectual grace when, when that regeneration of the Spirit um, provides faith for those to believe. And so we see that gathering of people, not just any gathering of people, but those who have been chosen, redeemed, and regenerated um, really makes up the church. And so you guys already gave us a foretaste. Yes, there is a local church and there's a universal church. And and our church body right here on the corner of Braddock and Backlick is the local church. And we come together um, under the leadership of this church and, and we worship together, we minister together, we love one another, serve one another, serve together with one another, and we do all those things. But we are just a small part of the universal church that is all believers everywhere since Acts to the Pentecost, um, since the beginning of the church, are all part of that universal church. And so we are but a small part um, of that. And, and another distinction, you have a visible and what's called the invisible church. And, um, and that gets a little more interesting, 
mm, how would how would you say that without I know you try not to be offensive and sometimes the word of truth is offensive um, but not everyone who externally associates with the church is a true believer and I mentioned earlier about that winnowing of the church there are people and and you can see this in Hebrews 6 you can see this in scripture where there are people who associate but they don't remain and, and again, they have not been brought in by the work of the Spirit, regenerated, given the gift of the Spirit, and they will show themselves to be that. Um, and so that's why we say there is a visible church, all those who participate in a local church and who participate with the church body, but there is an invisible church because not all of those necessarily. And then you really are getting to the heart, um, and God looks on the heart. And so that's where we have to be careful, I think, as believers. This may be some discussion to, to try and determine you're in, you're out. That's not our place um, to say. And so it becomes... We are not uh, God. Yep. Yep. We cannot and will not ever be able to see the hearts of one another. Um, we can observe behaviors and, and we can hold each other accountable. We have responsibility there. Um, but it's not our place. And yeah. and that's why it's so important to just preach the word clearly and preach the gospel because just because you are in attendance at church does not mean that you are a believer, but you are there and hearing the gospel. And I was thinking about, you know, the women's Bible study leaders just got together and were sharing some encouragement and how people were coming to Christ during Bible study, you know, um, and, and that's where um, the Holy Spirit really illuminated their minds and moved them to believe the gospel. And so um, it's just always something that we have to, that we have to remember, especially even kids too. You know, that's, that's what I think, you know, we have to uh, remember that the gospel message needs to be clear mm -hmm. when we meet together as the church. Yeah. And I think that's important to, um, as we study, as we are taught the word, as we study the word, as we grow in our understanding, it allows us to be discerning. And, and, and there's two sides. We need to be welcoming and encouraging and sharing the gospel. And we'll talk about that some in mission and purpose. But we also need to be careful at those who come in with a different motive. Mm -hmm. And so we do need to be mindful that there will be people who enter our doors and participate in fellowship with us. And I guess you would I know some would say they're not fellowshipping with us if they're not really in the body who participate in activities with us. Maybe that's a better way, who are not um, part of the invisible church, those who truly possess a saving faith in Christ. And so um, we do need to be mindful of that. So so local, universal, invisible, visible church, those are kind of, And essentially the church is, it's called ecclesiology because ecclesia is to be called out. The church is those who are, called out. And, um, and so I, I love, here comes my Alistair of the episode. Um, <laughs> Christ is the absolute head of the church. He is mm -hmm. the one in charge. He has given it to no one else to be in charge, not to a pope, a prince, a king, or a pretender to the throne. So we stand on the common ground at the foot of the cross as sinners saved by grace, irrespective of the function and the gifting and the place that we are given in the economy of God's purposes. So you might need to like rewind and play that again to get all of it. But there's a lot in there. But we have to remember that Christ is the head. He is the one in charge, and we are all on level ground at the foot of the cross. Yes, we have different giftings when we come together in the church, and, and God's Word promises those who are in the church are given a gifting of the Spirit, but that gifting is to serve, to edify, to build up 
the church and um not... I think that speaks to the importance of God's word though because Christ is the head of the church and the Bible is God's revelation it is the word of God so that is you know that is our authority you know and that's why it's so important in a church that that we're teaching God's word we're adhering to God's word we're like that that's the authority um because Christ is the head of the church and then he's given us his word Yeah. So who is the church? The church is those who are called out and who are united through the Spirit in Christ um, as our head. And so that's who she is. So what is her mission? From there I go to Matthew 22, the great commandment. Um, and just to, to pull out parts, when he when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what is her mission? Those are her marching orders, and that is to love God with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. First um, John 4, if you, want, if you ever want to study love, go to John his gospel or his letters. And um, 1 John 4 says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The truth is you and I cannot love each other well unless we are given the capacity to love each other well, um, which comes from our heart, which comes from a heart that has been transformed, changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, um, the new covenant. And through that, we are able to do, I, I think her mission is the one another's. If you've, if you've never studied the one another's, if you Google it, you'll find varied lists, um, but but you can find over 50 one another's in the New Testament. You are in numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, guess which one is most dated? Encourage. Love. There you go. Love, yeah. that's About 15 times, there's another number for you. Love one another. We're told to love one another. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, let's be honest. If you've existed for any time in... A, a biological family, much less a spiritual family, it's hard <laughs> to love one another well sometimes. Mm -hmm. People frustrate, go back to homardiology, we're sinners. Mm -hmm. So we, we bump up against, we frustrate, we irritate, we aggravate. I mean, you can say all those words, um, and then we are still told to love one another. And, and that's where you just see that does not come within us. I, I think that's one of my the things that I love about the church too is that we're we're just all in this in our local church you know we're all thrown together and we're called to love one another and there are people and I can be one of them sometimes that are hard to love and yet we're called to love each other as brothers and sisters and so I can think of people that I, you know I have been serving alongside in the church and thinking 
okay, Lord, I need to confess and I need to love them and will you help me? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I mean, my heart has been changed to love people who I think if I weren't in the church, I would probably just walk the other direction and have nothing to do with them. But the Lord has changed me um, because he's called me to interact and, and love one another and love the people who are around me in the church. And so I'm grateful for that transforming work in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking and not hitting right on it right now, but I know it's in there where, you know, I, I love what you just said, that when you come up against that, your response is to pray and ask God to do a work in you to help you love better and and do because sometimes in our natural it's like if that person were just not here, boy, would it be so much easier. And we look at it that way. And then you go to scripture where it tells us that God has specifically placed each person within the body as he chose. Mm -hmm. And so my contention then becomes not with that person, but becomes with God. Cause what I'm saying is, did you really mean to put that person in this body with Ooh, me? Yeah, <laughs> That's true. I Cause he goes, yes, I did. And mm -hmm. I told you that I did. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just puts us back on our knees and um, asking him to do a work in us. And so, yeah. So the mission of the one another's, um, love God, love others. And, um, and that's a lifelong, lifelong learning. And, um, and so we continue that. So who is she? She's those who are called out and unified in the spirit. And what's her mission to love God and love others. And what's her purpose. And I'll kind of look at this from an inward, an upward and an outward and inwardly it's that sanctification going on within the church. Um, God uses the teaching that we sit under. You talked about expository. When we sit under that truth, that is the spirit uses that to transform. His word does transform us. And when we worship, that is, that is growing and changing and teaching us. And when we interact with one another, um, God uses his word, his people, his spirit for that sanctification going on. And so we, that's part of the purpose of the church as we come together, that it is a sanctifying body. So before we leave the inward of sanctification and, and talking about how it happens within the body, I, I think just some, and, and I mentioned, you know, about that we are all placed within the body as God chose, but it, which is part of his providence. Um, but then there becomes a matter of obedience and, and walking in a manner worthy of that calling amongst each other. And, um, Ephesians talks about that, uh, talks about that walking many times. Romans talks about that walking, walking in the new, newness of life and, and walking so that we are growing each other into Christ's likeness and what that looks like. And so there is that, both the providence of God in placing us in a body and there's the obedience, our response to that in walking and using the gifting that we're given to serve each other well. And so that's how sanctification really works within the body. And so that's the inward. So then there's an outward um, purpose of the church. And that outward purpose is that visible display of the gospel. And we do that not only through living life together, when we display grace, forgiveness, mercy to one another, and people are watching. And so if you claim to be part of Emmanuel Bible Church, and then they see you out and about in the community, and you are not representing that well, then you are not displaying the gospel to the world well 
as a member of this church body. And so um, so there's just that visible display of gospel living life together, but there's also the intentional outward of evangelism. And, and we should know the gospel so that we can be sharing the gospel um, with all those we come into contact with. And and that is how people come to know you talked about, you know, people coming into this body. And we don't know sometimes. It could be somebody that's right within the walls or somebody outside of the walls, but the opportunity to share the truth of the gospel with them and, and fulfill that outward purpose. And so there's an inward and outward. And then I think there's an upward purpose of the church. And that's, you know, when you ask me right out of the gate on this one, what's corporate my favorite worship. thing <laughs> is corporate worship, that upward worship through song, through preaching, through prayer, through participating in the ordinance, the baptism and the Lord's Supper. We are worshiping the Lord. And that true worship begins in the heart and the mind. And out of that, we just pour out that worship to our Heavenly Father. And but so. that that also fuels the inward and the outward mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you true. know, it does. Just um, yeah, worshiping together, which includes you know singing truth and sometimes reciting truth, um, praying truth. Um, it yeah, it fuels the inward and the upward outward. I think. Yeah, I think hearing testimonies at baptisms, too. I hadn't thought oh about my that. Goodness. I mean, that's just... They should really have boxes yeah. of Kleenex. <laughs> they should. Every Sunday they, they do should. baptism. There yeah. should be boxes of Kleenex yeah. at the end of that. They should. And I'm I'm always so grateful every time, you know, my kids are able to see that and yes. hear a testimony yes. and just see. And, you know, mm-hmm. my prayer is obviously that they would do that too. Right now they kind of want to be baptized so they can give a speech. I'm like, okay, well oh. then you're probably not ready. Um, that's that's so funny. I'm encouraged. Cause I have that, one that that would have been the opposite. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, I have to do what, you know, well, anyway, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah, personality of my children, yes. but yeah, but it's encouraging to me, you know, that they, that they want to be here, that they want to be part of the church and yeah. that they see that and, and want that to be a reality for them. I, I think that they do. So sorry to go off on that tangent. But no, you said baptism and good. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. yeah. I but I'm glad baptism. you brought up baptism. That's an, I mean, that is all tied in with the church very much so. John 4 says the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I think if I just take that towards really what we've done as we have taught theology, um, we said right out of the gate that theology leads to doxology. And so you cannot worship one you don't know. And, and as we study theology, as we have learned more of who God is and his plan and his just how he has poured himself out for us, um, and as we have come to know that more deeply, we can just worship so much. Our worship has grown so much richer, and I, I think we've, I mentioned that earlier. We've heard many women say that. I can say it's true for me um, that as the heart is changed, the worship is just more free, more full, um, and more beautiful. And so I I would say that theology truly does lead to doxology.
I think it leads to fellowship, though, too, like, uh, fel- you know, fellowship in the sense of, you know, biblical fellowship, I think. And that goes back, I was thinking, I hadn't made the connection to the verses you talked about earlier about the f- first is to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and then to love others. So I think that's the doxology and then the fellowship. Yeah. So yeah. the vertical and mm-hmm. the horizontal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could see Bethany's hands, you would have seen her just <laughs> do that. Um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and that's that uh, that vertical. And then when we live out of what we know, um, it changes. Yeah. Those relationships. Well said. Yeah. And when we're all doing that vertical together mm-hmm. <laughs> on a Sunday morning in corporate worship or, or or in prayer in different ways, but it's it's just a very powerful thing. I don't know. I'm just so grateful for our church and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people that we come in contact with outside of our local church who we can encourage because we're all believers together. It's just a beautiful thing that God allows us to be in fellowship with each other. I I think that is one thing that coming out of the pandemic, you know, it made it all the more sweeter. So, um, you know, you missed that um, just corporate worship and fellowship and, yeah, literally sitting under teaching. Like <laughs> both. <laughs> Yeah. physical uh, uh, yeah so yeah so through loving God and loving others as we've said we grow in that sanctification and worship and through that we visibly display the gospel mm-hmm. to a world that is watching and and so it's a joy so if I might close with some words of a hymn since we have talked yeah, about wonderful. the rich theology Always. in hymns um, I just have a few lines from um, the church is one foundation, and, and the stanza says, The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. That is the church, and that is what Christ did so that the church could be yeah, his bride. Amen. Amen. That, that seems like a great way to end. So thank you, Wendy. Um, we will be back with our next episode. So make sure you subscribe so you get it. We are going to be talking about dun, 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 eschatology with a special guest who I will not name Ooh. so that you'll have to come back and listen. So that's our next, that's our next podcast. Thank you for listening. The Theology Matters course and podcast are projects of the women's ministry at Emanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia. Please subscribe to Theology Matters wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, please visit ibc.church and find the women's ministry page. We pray you will continue to study and understand the truth of God's word every day and see just how much theology matters in every aspect of our lives.